Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> Something's brewing in the HNC workshop. A brand new podcast to tantalise and terrify the eardrums. Introducing Miscreation. Each episode is a brand new horror audio drama performed by a talented cast of actors at the ACAST studio in London with our very own editor Carl Hughes providing that special noise source. And we've got a special preview just for you beginning in three, two, one. Jack, how'd that look? Better, but I still think you can push it further. Make it look like a more violent push. No good will come of such petty deceptions. Well, unless you can convince a ghost or two to do something, we're going to have to exaggerate a bit. Otherwise it will be pretty boring. We die. Did you guys hear that? What? I thought I heard someone whisper die or something. I think you've got so involved in your own fiction that you're starting to believe it. Well, isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? It was probably nothing. Can we go again? Okay, but just the last bit. Three, two, one, action. But some say his spirit still lives. And, uh, something just pushed me. Something... Okay, okay, I definitely heard something that time. Yeah, what is that? It's coming from over there. It, it's probably just mice. 
Or perhaps one of the other sisters is still awake for her worship? That way. Or it might just be, um... Wait. There's something under here. Jack, help me lift this. I must insist that you, um... Stop that! My god! A tunnel? Are you filming this? Yeah. A secret tunnel in the Abbey? And we get to prove it! We hope you're looking forward to Miscreation. We will let you know more details very soon. But now, back to the other stories. Today's episode is To Hell and Gone, written by Samantha Wise and narrated by Persephone Rose. Out in the wild, the line between man and nature is blurred. An FBI agent investigating bizarre disappearances in the Pacific Northwest finds out that in the woods, nothing is as it seems. Ben had never been to the Pacific Northwest. In all honesty, the thought that it existed didn't cross his mind until he received a dossier about the unusual spike in missing kayakers and hikers in Hell's Canyon Wilderness. He remembered thinking, it's nature. People go missing in nature all the time. But it was the state in which their possessions and campsites were left in that raised alarm, even to the federal level. There was no apparent pattern in the disappearance, aside from the fact that every time someone disappeared, it was as if they had just vanished completely. Food was left half-eaten, expensive gear abandoned, and campfires left to smolder and die. What was most bizarre was the fact that the majority of disappearances took place in groups or couples. One or more persons were left alive and alone, wondering where their companions had gone. Ben sighed slightly as he stood on the curb, his ears stung by the cold breeze. He wasn't expecting October to be so frigid here. The pines loomed, deep green and heavy with shadow, even in the morning light. Priestley was hardly a town, even by loose standards. He had no idea how running around such an isolated and untamed area could be considered recreation. A droning rumble began to grow louder, pulling Ben out of his thoughts as an impressively decrepit truck thundered up the curb. Two women stepped out, complete opposites in every way. The passenger was short and wiry, with pale skin and short, shockingly bright red hair with a universe of freckles across her skin. The other was tall and sturdy, with warm skin and straight, jet-black hair and a braid that swung down to the backs of her knees. "'Agent Harker?' the pale one said, reaching a hand forward. Ben nodded. "'I'm Ranger Penny. We spoke over the phone.' Ben nodded with a smile, not remembering Penny or the conversation exchanged. He glanced at the tall woman leaning on the truck with her arms folded. "'Oh, this is Sarah Dreadroot. She's a good friend and guide to these parts. Saved my ass more than once from these woods.' Penny laughed. Sarah cracked her neck, remaining silent. Ben tried to look unimpressed by the imposing woman. "'You're in luck,' Penny said, smacking his bicep amiably. "'Some Californian disappeared just yesterday, so the crime scene is nice and fresh. Shall we get on with it?' The trio, jammed up in the old pickup, made a silent, arduous trip up into the trees. The dirt road ended, and the group had to hike the rest of the way up to the site. 
Ben tried to conceal his heavy breathing as they trekked on, the thin mountain air and exercise doubling his exertion. He wasn't surprised the sheriff, a man in his sixties with a beer belly, had volunteered the spry young ranger over himself to assist Ben. The sight was like all the others. The hikers had set up camp for the evening, and one was just gone. Newlyweds, off to spend their honeymoon hiking the northwest wilderness. Ben surveyed the scene, looking for a sign or clue. No signs of struggle or even animal disturbance. He arched his eyebrow and looked at the two women staring at him. Has there been any suspicious activity from locals? Outside of what? A lot of nut jobs up here in the sticks, Sarah said. It was the first thing she had uttered since the investigation began. Penny shrugged in agreement with Sarah's statement. Anyone with violent tendencies who know the woods well, he said slightly more seriously. Penny chortled and Sarah scoffed. Out here, the line between man and nature gets fuzzy, Sarah interjected. Ben's questions weren't getting answered. So what? These people just got up and wandered off into the forest without a trace? Ben said irately. The sun was edging into afternoon, and the somewhat warm forest had quickly turned cool once again. Sarah and Penny exchanged a glance. Ben narrowed his eyes. You wouldn't believe us if we told you, Penny said quietly. It's the stick people, Sarah said as Penny stiffened. Ben gave them an incredulous look. Stick people? Like a cult? Ben said. No, as in people made of wood and sticks, Sarah replied. They make noises in the woods, the snaps and cracks of twigs breaking and brush rustling to lure you away from the safety of your camp and into the woods. Then they turn you into one of them, and that's that. You're just another bundle of sticks waiting to be used as kindling. Sarah looked up at the treetops as they swayed. Ben let out a single, sharp laugh. <laughs> you know how much time and money, federal time and money, you're wasting with this fairy tale shit right now? Ben said. His professional patience expired. Penny tensed as Sarah strided forward to Ben. She glared. Her dark eyes sparkled in the dying light. If you're so sure, why don't you stay out here tonight? Either way, someone will be right. If it's you, you'll find what you're looking for, Sarah said coolly. Penny's cheerful demeanor was all but gone, her pale skin pallid now as the sun dipped below the jagged peaks. She looked concerned, glancing between the two. Ben, never one to back down from a challenge, smirked. Sounds like a plan. I needed a break from work anyway, he replied. So it was arranged that they would spend the night in a nearby campsite. It was overgrown and unused for years, but Penny was prepared. She had gear in her truck, and before long, the group was settled in for the evening. A fire was built, and the three sat in near silence as twilight bled into night. The stars glittered in a moonless sky. Ben had been matching Sarah's stony stare, and Penny tossed out weak smiles to whomever looked at her. Ben had suspected that perhaps it was Sarah luring people into the woods, dispatching and dumping them with the help of Penny. They certainly were familiar enough with the area to do so, and who wouldn't trust a ranger or local woman wandering the woods? Ben smiled inwardly. I'll have to do better than telling campfire stories and sneaking around the woods to take me down, he thought. 
Eventually, the trio made a silent agreement to turn in around 11, with Sarah and Penny walking back the short distance to sleep in the bed of the truck, leaving Ben near the campfire. Don't wander, Sarah commanded before retiring, and don't let the fire die. It was pitch black when the sound of twigs snapping underfoot ripped Ben from his slumber. He chided himself for falling asleep. He stood up swiftly, holding his flashlight up, gun raised. He couldn't see the truck from where he stood, but he didn't need to. The fire was nothing but ash and fading coals. Another snap. He spun around in the direction of the sound, illuminating skeleton-like branches with grasping, reaching shadows. Something moved in the darkness. Ben's hackles raised. Come out with your hands up, he shouted. Only the creak of wind through treetops replied. The rustle of movement through the bushes turned Ben around again. He saw the briefest glimpse of an arm disappear into the thicket of shadows. Ben bolted in pursuit, flashlight and firearm still raised. As he followed, the snaps and cracks of a frantic run increased as he closed in. It'd been a long time since Ben had the opportunity to chase someone down. Something about being out in the woods made it all the more exhilarating. As he followed, he kept expecting his flashlight to give one of the women away, but he saw nothing but trees and underbrush. Ben leapt out into a small clearing, not triumphant, but confused and alone. Impossible, he thought. I was right on their heels. They had to have come this way. A thought made his blood run cold in his veins. He was lost. Not just lost, but lost in unfamiliar surroundings with someone skulking in the shadows on the hunt for victims. He tried to steady his breathing, the frosty air stinging his lungs. The snaps and rustles began again, but this time surrounding him with increasing intensity. He spun in a circle, looking for his approaching assailants, but saw nothing but branches and trunks which all seemed to be moving in the frantic fitting of his flashlight. The forest seemed to be closing in on him, the clearing smaller than before. He fired a panicked warning shot, striking a pine several feet away. His methodical mind began to unravel as fear seeped into his chest. He spun again in the direction of a dangerously close rustling, slamming his arm into the trunk of a tree and knocking his flashlight out of his hand. Ben fell to his knees, unsure as to how he didn't notice how close he had moved to the tree line. As he reached for his flashlight, it inexplicably skittered away, briefly illuminating what his distraught mind could only piece together as a group of torsos that appeared to be made of gnarled wood and twigs encircling him. The snapping and rustling had become a roar, and Ben screamed, standing up and shooting blindly. He backed into a tree, tried to run, hitting another and another until he was surrounded by a cage of disfigured pines. Reason battled primal hysteria as his mind puzzled how he came to be wedged in a small stand of trees. He tried to dislodge himself, but the more he struggled, the closer and tighter the trees became. What the hell? He shouted, dropping his gun and swinging his flashlight around to find the source of his entrapment, thinking perhaps his coat was caught on an errant branch. He paused, his breathing ragged and labored, as the heavy trunks held him steadfast. Sharp branches and pine needles had cut through his coat and were slowly puncturing his skin beneath. There was movement in the dark next to him, and he froze, struggling to breathe as the wooden vice grew tighter and tighter around him. Cautiously, with what limited motion he could manage, 
He dragged the beam of the flashlight up from the grotesque attempt at feet and twisted, unnaturally extended limbs to the gaping, splintered maw of a distorted collection of sticks and twigs, snapping and rustling as it shambled towards him to close the final gap in the collection of trees around him. Bones cracked like twigs, and desperate wailing faded into the drone of the mountain wilderness at night. Penny and Sarah had searched for Ben the following morning, unwilling to follow the gunshots and distant screams they had heard in the night. They tracked his erratic trail in the dawn light until they arrived at the small clearing. His gun and flashlight were in the middle of the clearing, beneath a pile of twigs and pine needles, scattered by the autumn breeze. Several trees were scarred with bullet holes, but that was all that was left of Agent Ben Harker. The two women looked at each other with somber understanding and left the forest to inform Ben's superiors that he would be added to the growing list of tourists that would not be coming home. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. To Hell and Gone was written by Samantha Wise, narrated by Persephone Rose, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Mayu and Tom Robson. Some Things Brewing in the HNC Laboratory, a brand new podcast to tantalise and terrify the eardrums, introducing Miscreation. Each episode is a brand new horror audio drama performed by a talented cast of actors at the ACAST studio in London, with our very own editor Carl Hughes providing that special noise source. We will let you know more details very soon, but for now, until next time. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.